be to you from God our Father and from our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Our text today is taken from the reading in the book of Ephesians. You may be seated. Let us pray. Mighty Father, we give you thanks for the gathering of us here today that we might hear your word. And Lord, today as we are hearing your word in this place, we pray that, Lord, after hearing this word, it would no longer be us who live, but Christ who lives in us. And now may the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. In Jesus' name, amen. Today in the book of Ephesians, which we have been working through uh, this entire summer, St. Paul is talking to the church and talking to us about the new life that we have in Christ Jesus, the new life that Jesus gave to us in our baptism. Paul tells us today that as those who have been baptized into Christ Jesus, who have been crucified with Christ and raised to a new life, you are to live or conduct yourself in a way different than uh, the life of this world. The new life is a radical break from the old life. When Paul talks about the old life, he describes it this way. He says it is a life marked by callous hearts, sensuality, greed, and every kind of impurity. And he says that is not how you learn Christ. No, if you learn Christ in this way, you were immersed, you were baptized into a new life. Baptized into Christ so that the old, sinful, callous heart nature is ground and dies, crucified with Christ, and you are raised again to a new, different sort of life. A life not marked and shaped by sin, but marked and shaped by the crucified and risen Lord. Walk in love, says Paul. Christ loved us and gave himself up for us. Now, what's interesting to me today as we go through this passage is how much time Paul spends talking about the language we use in this new life. He says we are to walk in a new manner of life and then spends a lot of time uh, speaking about our speech. Walking in love has a great deal to do with our words. And I think we want to think about it this way, that in Christ Jesus, you have learned an entirely new way of speaking. You have learned a new, and we might even say foreign language that differs from the language and the speaking of this world. When Christ saved you, he immersed you, he baptized you into a new way of talking. The way of speech in the old world, we might call it uh, the speech of condemnation or the, the speaking of the law. But when it comes to this new way of life, we have a new foreign language the language of the gospel. I don't know if you were with us here last week, but it was wonderful having Sarah Hewn here. Sarah Hewn, uh, daughter of Dan and Jackie Hewn, member of our congregation who's doing mission work over in Taiwan. And part of her responsibility in doing mission work over there is to be teaching English to these uh, Taiwanese children. Now, the, I think the native tongue they speak over there is Mandarin Chinese. Can anyone correct me on that? I think that's what she said. It's Mandarin Chinese. Uh, and so she comes in and she speaks English to them. They learn English in her classes. And I asked her if she spoke Mandarin, and, and if, if possible, does she speak Mandarin and then teach them the English to the Mandarin, or how does she do this? And she said, oh, no, no, no. We have a very strict rule at our school that I can only speak English. It's the only language I'm allowed to speak, because when these kids come to the school, they're being immersed in this language. 
They're, they're, this is all they're going to know how to speak in this place. So it's an entire immersion in a language that is foreign to their native tongue. And I thought, that's very interesting to me. Because as an English teacher, Sarah is teaching them a language that is foreign to the language that they speak. But it's also true of her as a missionary. As a missionary, she's teaching them the foreign language of the gospel. And that language is not just foreign to Taiwanese students. That language is foreign to everybody who has ever been born. See, our native language is the language of the law, the language of judgment and condemnation. And the way the world speaks is very different from the way in which Christ speaks to us. Think about the command given to us in the passage today. Walk in love. Now, when the world gets their hands on that kind of a language, or that kind of a word, when the world gets their hands on that, here's how they proclaim. They'll say something to you like this. If you want to be a good Christian, if you want to be a good citizen, if you want to be a good American, if you want to do things the right way, you need to walk in love. Be more loving. Act more like Jesus. Boy, you Christians are the worst because you're not holy like Jesus is holy and you're not loving like Jesus is loving. And now let me sit down and tell you exactly what that means according to my own agenda and my own ideas. This is how the world speaks. You can watch, if you really want to watch how the world speaks in very clear form, just get on social media for a little bit. What you're going to find there is very clear condemning speech. By the way, if you really want people to be more loving, it is the worst form of language to use. The way to make me not love you is to say, you'd better love me or else, right? It's not how it works. This is what we call the language of the law, but I even there want to be a little bit careful with, with that sort of uh, title because the law in itself is good. God speaks the law, but when God speaks the law to us, God is saying the law so that he might expose our sins, kill us in our sins, so that we're finally ready to be raised to a new life. He's doing this to drive us to repentance and ultimately to drive us to Jesus. But when the world gets their hands on the law, they're not sort of preaching the law to us to drive us to repentance, but to beat us into submission. The language of the world is the most terrifying thing you can imagine. The law in the hands and on the mouths of sinners. Sinners using the law to their, old, their own advantage. And this old way of speaking is going to demand a certain standard if you want to be considered by, you want to be considered righteous. Righteous by whom? Righteous by whomever's making the demand. So, it could be your social media friends, it could be your real friends, it could be your family, it could be celebrities on the news, it could be your favorite or your least favorite politician, it could be uh, the nightly news anchor you imbibe more faithfully and devotionally than your Bible. <clears throat> anyway, it could be any of those people. And that sort of demand produces two things. That sort of language produces two types of people. It produces either incredibly self-righteous people who like to sit up and look down on everyone else and judge them, or it produces people who are in utter despair who walk around trying to prove that they're righteous, trying to prove that they're just as loving and walking in love as they're supposed to be, and so then they start becoming very uh, self-righteous on the outside, but on the inside are full of fear and despair. And a harsh way of saying that is they, they become liars, presenting themselves as something that they are not. 
That's the result of our native language, our native tongue. The tongue of judgment and condemnation, of self-righteous boasting and self-inflating condemnation that deprives my opponent. Law on the lips and under the control of sinners. And it is the language you have all imbibed. It is the language you have all learned in the recent political discourses of our nation. It is the poison that fills the air of our online interactions. It is the filth that is found on your own lips when you leave this sanctuary and you have your conversations with one another about how wrong everyone else is and how much more right you are, you know, than those sinners over there. The most terrifying thing about this is you can't control this sort of thing. This sort of language gives us a false sense of control, but you know you can't control the law in any of its forms. As much as we want to condemn and look down on everyone else, that sort of speaking is going to always come back to bite us a hundredfold. I mean, just consider that politician or that celebrity who went out and made all these grand moral statements only to be caught in some kind of scandal. For our way of speaking, that is like, that is like blood in the water for sharks, right? Like we, we go right to that thing and we devour it. We love to do that. But we always do that with that fear in the back of our minds that we might be next. So we better eat before we're eating. This sort of self-proclaimed righteousness is a sin and a lie. And it's a way of speaking that is utterly and completely void of Christ. And it is not, as St. Paul says, the way you learn Christ. See, Paul says to us that in Christ we are immersed, we are baptized into an entirely new way of speaking, an entirely new language. Why? Because Jesus speaks a foreign language to us that we call the gospel. And it is a language that Jesus speaks to us that does not demand or expect, but gives. Jesus comes to us and he doesn't demand love from us, he simply loves. He doesn't lay out a plan for sinners on how to be righteous. This language that Jesus speaks simply declares sinners righteous on account of his work. Jesus never says, here's a reward for you if you do this. He says, here's a gift for you, period. Nothing left to say. Gospel language doesn't say, forgive one another so that God might forgive you. It says, forgive one another as God in Christ has forgiven you, because God in Christ has forgiven you, as a result of God in Christ forgiving you. You are forgiven. And now that shapes the way you speak. So that we come back to our phrase, walk in love. Paul does not say walk in love in order to earn God's love and approval, but says walk in love as Christ loved us. As Christ gave himself up for us. So that is what Christ has done for you. Your new language is learned from the way in which Christ and it's amazing what this sort of language can do, how revolutionary and even upsetting this kind of language is to us. Uh, think about what this sort of language does with sin. I heard a song the other day by the band Rilo Kylie, which none of you need to know or, nor care about. Uh, but nonetheless, I heard this song the other day, and in the chorus, the, the, the singer, she said this. She said, I'm a liar. I'm a liar. I'm a liar. And nobody loves a liar. Now, we need to hear that sort of a chorus in a song and recognize that that is what we would call a confession of sin. This is an acknowledgement of something uh, wrong about me. 
And if we hear such a confession of sins in the old way of speaking, the old language, if that's the filter we hear such things, immediately we say, you're right, nobody does love a liar, so it's time to change. You'd better start telling the truth, and if you want people to love you, you need to stop lying. And so now you have told someone who is incapable of telling the truth, the only way they can be loved is if they start telling the truth. It's a hopeless situation. But when Christ Jesus hears that sort of thing, he says something entirely different. I'm a liar, I'm a liar, I'm a liar, and nobody loves a liar. And Jesus comes along and says, you know what the Bible says, it's worse than this, is that everybody's a liar. All men are liars. All mankind, every single human being is a liar. And Jesus says, and here's the thing, I love the lot of them. And I love you. I forgive you for your lies. Let me now take those lies out of your mouth and replace them with promises that I put in your ears. I am washing away your guilt. And you are forgiven because my blood and my mercy, I have died for you. And this is what Jesus says to someone who sings a song like that. And this is what Jesus says to you. I love the lot of you. You are forgiven, beloved, and mine. Jesus has talked the walk as it were, right into your ears and into your heart. Because of this, our language changes. In fact, we might say it this way, our language is now free. You no longer are bound to have to prove how righteous you are to God or to anyone else. You don't have to try and justify yourself to anybody because God in Christ has said to you, I have justified you on account of Jesus' death in your place. Now think about what that kind of does to the language you have with God, the way you speak to God. Think about how such language frees you in your prayer. When God comes to you and says, stop trying to justify yourself, I've justified you already, you no longer have to use your prayer speech as a way to prove yourself to God and how holy you are to God. Now you go to God freely, trusting that he's going to do whatever is right for you, trusting that he's going to answer your prayers as a dear father responds to his dear children. You no longer have to go to God fearing that he's going to condemn you. Instead, now you can go to him in praise and thanksgiving. What's more, once we start to learn how God has changed this way of speaking for us in our relationship with him, it begins to shape the way we speak to one another. You no longer have to have your language and your conversations dominated by and shaped by accusation and self-righteous condemnation. No, you're freed from that. You can forgive finally. You can show mercy and compassion towards those other sinners who are just as bad as you. You can even be merciful, I mean, goodness, you can even speak mercifully, you know, towards that politician or towards that celebrity who God has forgiven. Because you're even more shocked by the fact that he's forgiven you too. You don't need to lie to prove yourself, but you can speak the truth in love. Because he who is the truth loves you despite your sin. And in fact, when it comes to your sins, you are now finally able to be honest about them. You can lay them before the Father knowing that Christ has died for them. And he will forgive them. This is how we learn to speak from our Father. I think this is what Paul is getting at when he says, imitate your Father. You begin to speak, your language starts to sound like God. So Paul concludes today. Let all bitterness, wrath, and anger, and clamor, and slander be put away from you along with all malice. Be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, as God in Christ forgave 
That is the language you learn to speak because it is the language you are immersed into, baptized into. God has for you no bitterness, no wrath, no anger, no clamor, no slander, and no malice. When the grave spit Jesus out of the ground, God spit all of that out of his mouth. Now he has nothing for you but words of mercy, forgiveness, tenderheartedness, and love. So as we conclude today, be immersed in this word from the Lord Jesus Christ himself. Jesus who said, I forgive you. I walked in love for you all the way to the cross where I gave myself up for you, bled and died, and paid for all of your sins. I have now given you my Holy Spirit as a seal so that nothing will ever snatch you out of my hand. You are forgiven and you are mine. And with that, there's nothing more to say. Amen. Let's pray. Almighty God, we give you thanks for your mercy, for your, for your, for your forgiveness, and for your love. Lord, teach us to speak such merciful words to our neighbors. Lord, we confess to you that we do not do it. So please forgive us for this. Continue to forgive us. For Christ's sake. In his name we pray. Amen.